Welcome everybody to Dead Talk Live. I am your host Viz and tonight we have special guest Harrison Zhu with us. Harrison, thank you for being our guest. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And I've been looking over your resume and uh, you have done a lot of stuff and it goes back well over 12 years. So tell us how it all started for you. Yeah, um, I grew up in Vancouver. I did what you know most kids do. They do like theater growing up. And um, one day I, uh, for a business class, I actually interviewed a talent agent um, and tried to learn more about the business side of the industry. And through that, he was like, it seems like you actually want to be an actor. <laughs> um, so uh, with that advice, I took acting classes. I got an agent and my first ever role was in this tv series called v uh which where i love I, by the way such a good show uh a bummer that it got canceled because i feel like it had a lot more legs to it Me too. Um, but yeah it was super fun i basically uh my first ever role um i basically just died <laughs> um i got this like alka-seltzer pill in my mouth and i just foamed at the mouth I, i'm pretty sure i was one of these aliens that was taken over and i convulsed on the ground and it was like the beginning of the episode so yeah and for that i'm assuming you actually because you've been doing it for a while now you must have fell in love with acting and you knew that was the path for you right yeah absolutely um it's funny because there's been so many instances in my life where i've veered out of acting but it keeps bringing me back like i went to usc i studied business and film because i wanted to potentially get a corporate job, still potentially become an agent. Um, but throughout college, I still auditioned and did all that. But when I graduated, I worked at a talent agency for about six months. And I realized after seeing all these breakdowns come through, I just kept having FOMO. Um, <laughs> so I was like, ah, like I should be going out for that. Or, you know, I keep getting inspired watching shows and movies and seeing what other actors are doing. And I decided to pivot away from that and back into acting. So, um, well, that gives yeah. you a very interesting perspective because uh, a lot of actors don't really know uh, the agency side of things, whether it's managers, agents, sure. and then you get into the executive of studios, yep. public relations. So do you feel that has given you a leg up? I think so. I think having an understanding of the management side of things and also in college, I interned at a bunch of casting offices as well. I feel like I have a really good, well-rounded understanding of the industry. Mm -hmm. And I think as an actor, it's tough because you don't always see what goes on behind the scenes no. and you tend to submit your stuff. It goes out in the void and you might never hear back. Actually, most of the times you never hear back, but having been on the other side of things, you realize that there's so much that goes into it. It's not always about who's the best actor. There's, you know, you got to look at looks, uh, you have to look at um, a variety of different things that are out of your control. So it helps me as an actor because I know like I can just put my best foot forward and that's all I can really do. Now in this industry, rejection is a big part for everybody. Yeah. Uh, not even, not even just for actors. Uh, would you agree that, let's say you auditioned, you got rejected, it has nothing to do with your acting abilities. Uh, yeah. It might be because the role that they're trying to fill, 
you just don't fit that role and it's nothing personal and it has nothing to do with your acting abilities. Would you say that's a fairly accurate statement? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because there's so many actors in LA and everyone's good to yeah. a certain extent. And what really separates people, you know, it's a lot of the intangibles, but also I think it's just really a matter of being um, always on top of your game and being at the right place at the right time. Because I have a lot of acting friends that, you know, we all started at the same time. You know, we're all in different stages in our career, but all of us have continuously put in the work and we're all still in it because we love it. And we're all still, you know, just hoping for that one thing that propels us forward. Now, uh, child actors who get started as, at a young age uh, and they taste success really at a really young age. And as they get older, whatever television show or you know, a string of movies ends, then they start finding it tough to progress their career. You have maintained a steady upward climb. Uh, what would you? What advice would you give? Uh, let's say you're talking to a child actor in their early teens or whatnot, sure. to try to maintain that trajectory and not get caught up in the moment of the success they are experiencing right now. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I started acting when I was 15, and I feel like by then um, I was mature enough where I understood what I was doing and I was making business decisions on my own, like finding an agent, finding a manager, um, deciding on what acting classes to take. And um, I actually did hit a, a pretty big lull in the middle of my career um, where I had just graduated college. I went down the corporate side of things for a little bit and I realized that it wasn't for me, but jumping back into it, having taken that time off was especially tough because as you mentioned, when I first started out, um, I wouldn't say things were easy per se, but there's definitely less competition. There's mm -hmm. fewer actors in that category. And I was booking a lot. And once I hit my early twenties, starting to get back into it, there's so many actors in that category. And um, I started to get a little down um, for a couple of years because I wasn't booking as much as I wanted. And um, it was just a lot tougher to um, really be booking. And I feel like what got me through that was, um, a, like having other hobbies, <laughs> I think that helps because I think the tough part about being an actor is I think there's this old school notion of acting where it's like, if you're not only acting, are you really committed to the craft? And yeah. I don't believe in that because I feel like acting is really about bringing experiences to characters. And I feel like being well-rounded as a person by having other hobbies, other passions really helps you as an actor. Yeah. So I feel like once I took that pressure off myself and really started remembering why I was doing it, because um, I think when I went to the talent agency side of things, um, and having done all the internships, I became really business-minded. I was like, okay, what business moves do I, have to move, do I have to make in order to start booking? And it started taking the fun out of it. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, honestly, the last couple of years have been the best for me personally, um, right after the pandemic, because I feel like it realigned a lot of my goals. And when there was a downtime, I really started to evaluate, like, why do I want to be an actor? Um, and at the core of it, it's really because it's just fun. Like, that's why yeah. so much, so many of us started in the first place. It's just a great way to you know, be someone you're not, great way to explore new things. And um, 
once I was able to really hone in on that, I feel like I've had a lot more success. Also, looking at your your resume, it looks like since and I probably you probably may attribute this to having the corporate background, but you knew like this is just from reading your resume, which moves to make. You've done a lot of voiceover work. And that's just yeah. a testament to you saying, hey, you know what? I'm not going to just limit myself. Oh, if I'm not on screen, I'm not going to take this job. This is a horrible career uh, decision. And it's really worked for you. So for people who might be interested in voiceover work, how would you describe the job itself? Uh, yeah. Is it really easy? Which I know it's not. But uh, <laughs> how would you describe doing voiceover work? Yeah, so... Voiceover holds a really, really special place in my heart because, um, like I was mentioning, the last couple of years have been really great for me. Right at the beginning of the pandemic, there wasn't anything shooting. It was like a two month lull where all the productions were shut down. And I'd always had an interest in pursuing voiceover, but I never really did it because I feel like, well, there's a couple of things. A, like I didn't feel like there were going to be many opportunities for someone of my type because I kept seeing the same voiceover actors and everything. And B, I was like, ah, that's like really tough. And also like, it's not like really acting. Cause I don't know many of my friends that were voiceover actors as well. It felt like a completely different craft. Yeah. And I kind of just dove into it. I created a demo reel. I reached out to a few agencies and um, the rest is history. Like the last couple of years have been really great in the voiceover world. I've dubbed over 12 shows. Um, yeah, I've done a few animations. Um, the most recent one, All of Us Are Dead, has exactly. been doing really well. And that's what we're and... going to talk about. Uh, but first, before we get to that, when you started doing voice uh, voiceover work, yeah. is it any different than actually acting? I would assume not. Yeah, so a lot of the prep that goes into voiceover is the exact same as if you were to get an on-camera audition because you still need to know like who's your character, who are you talking to, what are the relationships. And if anything, in voice acting... I think part of it's even tougher because uh, you don't get um, like you don't get the visuals of it. Yeah. It's all in the voice. So there has to be a lot of nuance and texture in your performance. Um, so in that aspect, it's harder because you really have to let that show through your voice only. You mm -hmm. don't have anything else like facial expressions or things like that. But um, the one thing I love about voiceover is like right now, I'm actually in my voiceover booth. I kind of created it uh, in my own closet with like acoustic foam, moving blankets and all that. Um, but for auditions, I just roll out of bed in my pajamas. <laughs> I come in here. I read off the screen. I don't need to memorize anything. Mm -hmm. All the work is involved still, but um, you don't have to have that pressure of being completely off book. Exactly. Now, let's talk about All of Us Are Dead. The hugely... Sure wildly popular Netflix series that just got yep. released recently. Uh, you play one of, you do the voiceover for yep. one of the main leads. Uh, first off, let's talk about Korea and horror, uh, yeah. Asia and horror. Now, Korea makes some amazing horror movies. They yep. make great movies in general, but they love their zombies. Yeah. Um, as a cultural thing, what what is it in korea and zombies where i don't even know how to phrase this they make such damn good movies based on yeah. zombies what do you attribute that to i don't know because like as a fan i love korean content too especially the zombie genre i feel like they take 
so many great things from other cultures, but really spin it into their own. Like the whole idea of like, you know, Train of Busan was such a good movie. And um, even like things like, you know, Old Boy, Snowpiercer, things yeah. that are like zombie adjacent, everything's so high octane, which I love because everything's always um, just like always on your feet. It's always going and you're always as an audience member, just um, you're so engrossed in everything going on. So I don't know what it is about like Korea specifically, but they do such a good job also with the the characters and the relationships because you really feel for all the characters and all their individual journeys too. It's not just about, you know, the zombies or whatever it is. You're actually fully invested in the characters and the Absolutely. story as well. Now, when I watched All of Us Are Dead, it depends. When I'm watching a foreign film, I sometimes watch subtitles. Sometimes yep. I dub it. Uh, not even knowing you were coming on this show, All of Us Are Dead, I dubbed it, okay? And, you know, so here you are, you're doing the voiceover work. Uh, you have to put yourself in these characters' crazy situation. Do yep. you, we have students in a school, trapped, surrounded by zombies. They're young, and when everything hits the fan... They want their parents, you know, they act, you know, when everything is fine, they want yep. to be all independent. But when the shit hits the fan, yeah. where's my mom and dad? Uh, yeah. How do you mentally put yourself in the position uh, without having the visuals, like you said earlier? And, you know, you guys did it, not only you, but everybody else who did the voiceover work did a brilliant job and put yourself in that mind frame. Yeah. So... I can kind of talk about the audition process and then the process of actually doing the dubbing. Oh, yeah. So the audition process is you get a set of sides. It's usually confidential. You don't know what it's for and you just really get your own lines and you have to create the circumstances in your head based off of what you have in front of you. So I didn't even really know it was a zombie show when I was doing the audition. I was like, oh, well, it's like, you know, high stress. Like, obviously, you know, there's a lot of teen angst going on. So I really leaned into that. And then for the callback, they brought you into the studio where you actually got to see the picture for the first time. So we were able to see what exactly was going on. So I saw that my character, Chung San, was running away from these zombies. And um, you know, there was a lot of yelling because also you don't get that from the script. You're like, mm -hmm. oh, like, are they yelling? Are they more angry? You kind of just have to make those decisions. But um, after I booked it, I was able to get all of the episodes in advance so i was able to watch it in korean to fully understand you know who the character was what his relationships were to all these people and in the studio it's interesting because um as a dubbing actor you have to really honor the choices that the other actors make because mm -hmm. at the end of the day like it's their performance we're really just um supplementing it the best that we can yeah. and it's tough because you have to not only do that, but make it your own as well and make it believable. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, there's that technical aspect where you have to be in time with the lips. Yeah. So it's almost like karaoke where you watch the scene unfold in front of you and you get these words that fly across the screen and you have to say it with that same intent, make it believable, but in time. So it's something that I've been able to really master over the last you know dozen or so dubs that I've done. But 
uh, the first few are definitely tricky. It's it's definitely a hard skill to pick up. I can imagine. Were you and the other voiceover actors all in the same studio, or did they record you guys separately? Yeah, so they recorded us all separately, mainly for technical reasons, because um, if we're all in the same booth trying to talk over each other, the audio gets all wonky. Mm -hmm. So um, we all had to dub it separately. And it's funny because... You look at the credits at the end and it's a lot of the same actors that have been in previous series together. So yeah. um, I did this other one called Sweet Home about a year ago, which is very similar. It's not zombies, but it's monsters. And there were about four people on All of Us Are Dead that were also on Sweet Home. And we've all kind of just reached out to each other on Twitter being like, hey, like, recognize your voice, like, go to work with you again. Haven't met you before, but um, I did meet um, the lead girl who played Anjo, Victoria Grace, mm -hmm. last week in person for the first time. Nice. And it was interesting because it's like, I felt like I knew her because I know her voice, but I hadn't met her before. Mm -hmm. And I had seen, you know, her performance as Anjo in the show. So it's just fascinating, the world of dubbing, because like I said, like, you, you don't see anyone in the booth. And when it comes to dubbing, uh, does the studio, in this case Netflix, are they the ones that do the translation or you who are bi you know, bilingual, do you sort of add your own and make it more real, for lack of yeah. a better term, more realistic? Sure, yeah. So how the process works is there's someone who takes the literal translation of the Korean words and then that person hands it off to an adapter who then makes it more um it makes it makes it flow better in the English language yeah gotcha. um and then after that we as actors we do the words in sync like the karaoke that I mentioned sometimes you know you might be one or two syllables long or short so it's a collaborative process in the booth with you and the director and the engineer to be like, all right, like what words can we add in here? Like filler words or what can we remove to make the timing work better? Yeah. So it's all this collaborative process that has a lot of people involved behind the scenes that Absolutely. Um, you know, most people don't hear about. Now, you have worked with a lot of major studios, FX, Netflix. Uh, in regards to Netflix, uh, I think it's a great company. I collaborate a lot with them. What were your impressions with Netflix and their professionalism and how they handled everything? Yeah, um, I've done, I think, over 10 dubbed projects with Netflix now. And every time it's been amazing. Um, you know, I've worked with all different studios because Netflix also has different partners they work with yeah. for all these dubs. Uh, for All of Us Are Dead, that was Horses, Cowboy, and Igloo, and I've worked with them about 10 times, and they've all been great. Uh, everyone's super nice, and it's super collaborative, and um, it's great because, like I mentioned, I can just roll in in my sweatpants and hoodie, do the work, go home, and, you know, it takes, you know, anywhere from two to four hours a day. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's been a really fun process, and I have a few other shows with Netflix coming out in the next few months that can't talk about quite yet, but they just have so much content from Asia coming over to the US that they're dubbing, um, which I think is really awesome. You do, I wanna slightly talk about at least one of the projects that you have coming up listed. Uh, what is it, the last summer of Nathan Lee? Yeah. You play yeah. Nathan Lee. Uh, I do, yes. 
Can you give us any info on that or no? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The movie actually just finished <laughs> last week. Uh, the director is submitting it to uh, different film festivals. We actually just submitted it to Cannes today. So um, the movie itself is a coming-of-age teen comedy about uh, my character, Nathan, who is diagnosed with brain cancer and he only has a few months to live. And the movie's interesting in that it's shot found footage from the perspective of his best friend, Dash, who's documenting his final days. And it's it's a really cute coming of age teen comedy where you know everyone learns about themselves through the process. And uh, we kind of see the last days of Nathan through Dash's lens. And I assume you are the lead role, correct? I am, yes, I am Nathan, yep. I am uh, the person diagnosed with brain cancer. Uh, is this your first lead in a, in a feature film? Yeah, it is. It's exciting. Uh, I, I've done a lot of supporting roles throughout my career. I've done a lot of dubbed leads, but on, in terms of on camera, yes, this is my first true lead. So what was the experience like going from supporting member to a lead? Yeah, um, it was a lot of fun. Um, as a lead, I feel like, you know, there is a lot of pressure to carry a movie, but at the same time, I had a really wonderful supporting cast of actors around me. And what was really great about this movie in particular was because it was shot found footage, a lot of our scenes were done in one take. So there would be three to five minute scenes where, you know, the camera was rolling and we just all played off each other. And the beauty of this project was um, the writer gave us really great words to work with, but he was also very open to us improvising a little bit here or there to make it more real. So it honestly just felt like summer camp. Like we were all just putting on a play and just having fun with each other. So um, yeah, I'm really excited for the movie to come out. And yeah, I think, me too. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. So in regards to the horror genre, you've done quite yeah. a bit of horror. Uh, All yeah. of Us the Dead is obviously horror. Sure. Uh, would you consider yourself a horror fan? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, so I didn't really touch on this before, but um, after I stopped with all the agenting world stuff, I actually dove into the world of film marketing. So I was still acting, but doing film marketing on the side. So uh, one of my favorite companies that I did film marketing for was uh, Blumhouse. Ooh. So before I worked for Blumhouse, uh, specifically Blumhouse Tilt, which was their indie arm that really got the hand-me-down Universal movies. Like we had <laughs> movies like The Belko Experiment, Incarnate, Darkness, uh, Upgrade. And um, yeah, so before I worked for BH Tilt, I was pretty scared with horror movies just because uh, I had a really traumatic experience when I was four years old. My dad took me to watch The Mummy in theaters. Mm -hmm. And there was that scene of the beetle crawling through the guy's chest and it like scarred me for so many years. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> through working with Blumhouse, I had to watch movies that were in the horror genre. So I, had to slowly get back into it but now I, I love horror uh i feel like it's such a great place to you know talk about social issues like everything jordan peele's doing is incredible is. i can't wait for nope like mm -hmm. that trailer was so wacky and i have no idea what it's gonna be about but i'm sure it's gonna be amazing um, now we gotta talk about you played a role in american horror stories which yes. is the spinoff of the popular season anthology show american horror story you're yeah. in american horror stories you play the brother yes. 
of yep. one of the murder victims who gets trapped in the murder house. Yeah. What was it like coming into the American Horror Story universe? Yeah, it was really great, especially because I had already seen some episodes of American Horror Story, and uh, it's such a popular show and so big within the horror audience that um, it was just a really big honor to be part of that community, especially, you know, Ryan Murphy works on a million shows, <laughs> so just even being on his radar was really awesome. Um, but in terms of shooting the actual episodes, it was really great because I got to meet uh, Val Valerie Liu, who plays my sister in the show. Mm -hmm. uh, we coincidentally found out that we actually have the same manager. So we wow. bonded over that and we're actually good friends now outside the show. But um, yeah, everyone on the show is super awesome. Um, I was lucky enough to be in two episodes of that and mm -hmm. hopefully more if, you know, the series comes back. But um, yeah, I definitely mean, experience. it's you know stories is an anthology per episode so you know yep. so it could it changes every episode uh you got to be in the infamous murder house ones yeah uh, tell us for our, us that the information out there is kind of confusing uh is there any significance to that building is it an actual building on a regular block in la what's the story behind that place yeah i don't know the complete story but i do know that when we shot at the murder house, it is an actual house. It's by Koreatown. Um, and I believe actually, uh, I went to a murder mystery dinner there like three <laughs> years ago as part of some <laughs> corporate like, company team building event. Uh, so I know they hold events there, but it is an actual house there. It's not just a set. Uh, it's in this neighborhood close to Koreatown. So when we were shooting, there were a ton of people just walking by taking pictures sitting across from the murder house like just seeing what was going on i can imagine what kind of a tourist attraction that that, that place yeah. is right now that's just yeah. crazy uh so moving forward in your career obviously the acting like i said it's on an upward scale i think you're gonna the best is still yet to come for you thank you do you have it. any interest uh down the line whether it's in corporate or directing, producing, and whatnot? Yeah. Um, you know, acting really is my passion. I would love to be able to, you know, create content for, um, you know, Asian American audiences because there really isn't that type of uh content out there like no. what Jordan Peele has done within the horror community for the African-American audience I think it'd be really great to do something for the Asian-American audiences and I've been mulling these scripts in my head and I've been working workshopping them with a few friends but I would love to create some sort of social commentary horror within that community um, but TBD we'll see now do you know if in Korea uh, as far as getting financing for films done over there that eventually find their way here in the United States. Do you have any idea of how that works? Is the Korean government uh, very supportive of filmmakers and whatnot? I'm actually not sure, um, but I do know like specifically for like Netflix in particular, I believe they invested like, I think it was like $10 billion or something wow. in Korean content in the next few years. Um, that's why you're seeing so much come out of there. 
between like all of us are dead and hellbound and squid game um there's just so much coming out of there so i just know there's a lot of foreign investment in korea i don't know how much investment from korea there is to then globalize korean content and you gotta tip your hat to netflix not just for korea they really go out around the globe and just oh yeah great content for example like indonesia um Mm. they make some great horror films out of it there's great horror films that come out from all over the world Harrison, I want to thank you so much for coming on here and just sharing your experiences with us. Uh, any final thoughts you want to share before we go? No, I just really appreciate you having me on the show. I appreciate the kind words, and I look forward to seeing future guests on your show. And i definitely looking forward to seeing more of you on American Horror Stories. I think yeah. that there's definitely a story there to be told. So I want to thank our audience who's tuned in tonight. I want to thank Harrison Zhu, who uh, was our guest. Uh, everybody stay safe on behalf of Harrison and myself till next time. Stay walking. Good night, everybody. Yep.